0: This is a headgum podcast. In 86,
1: Anna Martin wrote the first book, and
0: what book came of what became a cult. Now it's time, the Babysitter's club, club. You sound as good as you look today, Tanner.
1: Thank you, Jack. I um, am angry. Okay. Uh, Not because I've been sick with a bad cold for four days. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm on the mend, but I did text you earlier to tell you that I am, what did I say, a snot
0: golem? Something uh, that I put out of my mind. Um, I may sound like a dying mucus goblin. Oh, mucus goblin. I should be fine to record tonight. I think I'll be ready to go around seven or so, question mark. Uh, Dying mucus goblin. Yeah, that's dying mucus is. goblin. Yep, you do look like a dying mucus goblin.
1: No, and I'm sure I sound like one too, but here's why I'm angry is when you have a cold, uh huh, which you have had in the history of the show. Yeah. <laughs> you sound very like Rico Suave, like gravelly, I don't like Tommy Lee Jones.
0: Yeah. I sound like a debonair mucus goblin who's and just so waiting cool. in the wings to sweep you off your feet. And give you the night of your life in a and a world when i have a romance. cold i
1: sound like uh abby stevenson yeah <laughs> like my nose gets all stuffed up and i yeah. get all nasally
0: yeah i've got I know that. my voice doesn't even like drop an octave got it right in my ear holes right now
1: well i'm gonna be all sniffles and hopefully no coughs because i took a mucinex a little while ago baby nation oh. definitely all sniffles you know what i'm doing tonight jack oboe oh wow oh wow one wine one water one wine one water but you know what i do
0: just go ahead what? and mix them right in the same cup yep yep yeah we've heard of it we've heard of seltzer it. seltzer and wine yep super classy
1: sweet seltzer and
0: wine not sing
1: i'm feeling fine All right, sweet that's enough. seltzer and
0: wine that's a song i just made up i didn't like it call me neil diamond tanner you know you can always count on me right yeah and i can count on you right yeah. Good times, bad times in between. Uh-huh. Right? we're friends and we'll see each other through. Yeah?
1: I believe that to be true. Yeah.
0: We'll be sharing wonderful times every day. I think All it's together gauche. singing a song, growing in every way. Say hello to your friends. When I sing oh, when I sing for the love of like God, the clouds are the angels Tanner,
1: singing down from heaven and when you do it it's like
0: yeah. When I sing, say hello to your friends, you fucking say, babysitters club, <laughs> babysitters club. <laughs> Thank you. Jesus. Also, I have had that song stuck in my head, literally on a loop since we recorded our Christmas episode, yeah, however many too. weeks ago, several. <laughs> um, and the other thing that is really painful is it sometimes melds in my mind with the theme song to friends. Good times, bad times in between. My friends will see me through. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. Yeah. <laughs> and then just move from there. It's bad. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. The Babysitters Club. There's just an empty space. Okay. That's already too much singing. Hi, hi. And welcome right. to the Babysitters Club, Club Club, a podcast in which. I Jack Shepard. And I'm Tanner Greenring. And you, Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic novels of the Princess of the Prince of Town, Saint Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats, First of Her Name, Last of Her Kind, Last Hope for Humankind. In particular, this week we talked about her great novel. And Woke AF. Wow. It's <laughs> very woke. I got woke, as I you was were telling woke you earlier. I got woke from this novel. And, which and was, Nola sh- shook you, ooh, shook you awake. Oh, man, they made me question some things. It was a fiery book this weekend, and it was entitled Claudia and the First Thanksgiving by Ann Matthews Martin and the great Nola Thacker. Another Nolan one. I, I'm having a thack attack. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't no Nola Thacker. <laughs> well, I think that's everything. A few times I've been around that track with my good friend Tanner and my good friend Jack, because I ain't no Nola Thack girl. I ain't no no Nola Thack Thack girl. girl. I am though a Nola Thack fan, as is evidenced by the fact that I read one of her great novels this week, that Claudia and the First Thanksgiving, and uh, it opened my fucking eyes. Scales fell from my eyes. I can tell. Um, You look shook. Yeah. Everything that I thought I knew was a lie. Your eyes have never been so open. Yeah, um, your eyes look kind of crusted up, and yeah, uh, I'm like, very sick. They've got these nasty bags underneath them.
1: I have a cold, and I've been oh bowing or no, sorry, oh wowing for the last hour. Or so yeah, are you supposed to oh wow when you're on Sudafed? Uh huh.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's doctors' fine? doctors' orders. Yeah. Okay. They also recommend that you uh, you podcast. Yeah. yeah, here I am, baby. Record yourself per, for posterity. That way, yeah. when when we do a nine one one call, we can just like I can just play it back. The doctor's like, "Well, what's the last thing he said?" When the I'll coroner like, <laughs> calls you. <laughs> yeah, the coroner. Yeah, it got really weird. He was talking about being woke, but he didn't seem that awake. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just stopped. <laughs> I'm here. Good. Unless I'm you present. To... I'm you with want... you. you want to talk about the book? We're two beings in time together. Look, Baby Nation, I'm going to admit something. We were going to record a few days ago, and then we couldn't because Tanner got real sick. And so yeah. I don't remember anything about this book except that it I read... woke
1: me up. I literally finished this book. Six minutes before we were supposed to start recording That's
0: that's bad for how this podcast normally goes Because it means we're going to have to rely on you To keep yeah. us on track and focused on the text <laughs> Are you up Here to we that go. task? Hell yeah <laughs> Good uh, Whatever you do Don't have a dangerous cocktail of wine, seltzer, and Sudafed <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, should we describe the book? I don't care See, what did we ju- literally just say? What did we literally just say? That you're going to be the responsible one this week, Tanner.
1: Okay, yes, we should describe the book.
0: Okay, who should do it first? He's doing a jack-off motion, and he thinks I can't see it. You're on camera. You should do it first. Okay, who should do it second? <laughs> okay, you're doing a jack-off motion about your something that you're going to do, so burn on you. I'm going to describe this novel. Okay. Okay, I'm going to begin now. Deep. In the wild heart of Connecticut, USA, there was a small town called Stony Brook, forgotten by time, left behind by the rest of the country, and committed to the ideas and values of a different era. They were a friendly people, always ready to lend a helping hand to a neighbor in need, provided that their neighbor looks like them, talks like them, and believes the things they do. But lately, there are whispers and rumblings. Troubling rumors of an artwork so dangerous, so incendiary, so contrary to the rigid puritanical values of this backwoods town that its very existence threatens to tear the community apart forever. As Thanksgiving approaches in Stony Brook, the town's normally gracious citizens are in no kind of mood to give thanks. And Claudia Kishi, the brilliant young artist behind this revolutionary creation, is in just the right kind of mood for trouble. And as these two forces collide, the immovable will of a community that is set in its ways, and the unpredictable tempest of an artist at the peak of her talents, one thing is certain. It's going to be a Thanksgiving to remember. Claudia and the first Thanksgiving. Wake up! wake up america
1: (laughs) wake up america here's the thing man you've got this thing that you've brought up on the show before about how you worry that the girls are weirdos at sms right you're worried that like these these like seven friends who like don't seem to talk to anyone else and have a babysitter's club for some reason like maybe they're sort of the misfits at school Mm -hmm. i'm starting to worry that the girls' families are the misfits in Stony Brook.
0: I think that's almost certainly the case.
1: I think there may be like six, seven, six, seven families. I would say a, seven. they're they're a handful of families. Yeah, who are these like sort of
0: hippy dippy progressive? Well, we should we know this. That we only got one book on it, and then it was reconciled to chapter two mentions forevermore. But it's worth remembering that. Jesse's family was roundly rejected by everyone in Stony Brook, right? Because they are black.
1: Yeah, well, and and Claudia had the run-ins with those like Aryans. Yeah, those are just like people who live on
0: like Elm Street, <laughs> right? <laughs> like their they kids use... go to SMS. They're they literal. Think Stony Aryans. Brook is the problem. I think Stony Brook is the fucking problem, man. What is going on in Stony Brook? It is insane. These are the same fucking people who started the Spirit War right and this is it so we're gonna tanner's gonna describe this novel uh, i also, the parents are way too into the kids activities they're way too into the kids activities like the spirit war like fucking dawn schaefer decided she didn't want to wear yellow on fucking wear yellow day and right. like it almost caused a riot of parents Marianne didn't want to wear her underpants to school
1: and the parents were all like,
0: do it, snowflake. They're like, like burning shit in the fucking, like setting ATMs on fire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then this week, Claudia wrote a play and I'll let Tanner describe it, but Claudia wrote a play and like, like these are fucking like I, uh, one of my notes this week, I don't have a lot, but one of my notes this week is just like all caps, like these are 13 year olds. Like they wrote a fucking play and all of the parents of stony brook show up at the dress rehearsals and boo them and picket <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got some quotes that i think it'll be helpful to read uh from like just to explain what the fuck the parents get up to but i think we should um we should describe this novel for the baby nation first first uh, yeah first and i what i want is can you do it in like a husky mucus goblin voice so yeah. that they can like they can it'll it'll keep them keep them awake. I'll do my best, man. I don't know right. if I can summon that
1: right now, but okay. we'll see. Good. Um... Let me just let me quickly clear the old
0: snot passages. Okay, so... <clears throat> Can you censor that? You're, I think you're Ugh. editing. Jesus, thank God! I think you're editing Oof. this week. Can you censor that shit with like some something something pretty, like some pretty sounds? I'll play some harp music over. What it. about yeah? What about this? Every time you do like a, a sniffle or or a phlegm, that I have to fucking here for yeah. the baby nation, give it some, uh, give it some, uh, some harp music or some like angelic choirs. Okay. All right. I'll do one of those two things. Okay. Um, I'm going to put, here's, I have an idea. I'm going to put 60 yeah. seconds on this big bad clock that I have here. Okay. It's and do dur- t-
1: fairly tired idea. Okay. Said that. Well, each week for the last 94 weeks.
0: Well, with this week, I was thinking that during those 60 seconds, you could describe this book. I don't care. <laughs> Great. Tanner, I'm going to start the clock right now and try to put oh, some energy right. into it. Baby Nation,
1: here we go. I've got high energy. Um, this week, all the babysitters had a tough time teaching kids about the first Thanksgiving. They All the babysitters are in a class together called something. I don't remember what. Short takes where they do little mini lessons. And the mini lessons that uh, a few of the girls got was teaching a play or putting on a play with some kids from third grade. So they go over to the third grade, and they're like, what do you guys want to do a play about? And they're like, Thanksgiving. They're like, great. They went and checked out some books. They got to the fucking bottom of Thanksgiving, and they realized that it was a racist, xenophobic... uh, Misogynistic. Misogynistic holiday uh and that the, the thanksgiving we know is just the government feeding us lies so they put on this very edgy play with a bunch of third graders about how thanksgiving is all bunk and the parents protest it and they decide to put on a censored show and then do the real show at sms and they're fucking freedom fighter warriors and time
0: i'll take oh. it oh
1: was there a B plot? I guess not. Oh, Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, B plot is uh, that everybody has Thanksgiving at Christie's house. We can talk about that, but right. but let's 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 focus on um, these fucking crazy parents at Stony Brook. Let me give you a passage uh, just to kind of get you in the mood for like the kind of shit we're dealing with. Remember that this is a play that was written by a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, and is being performed by. Seven and eight-year-olds. Right. And this is uh, one of the dress rehearsals. Up on stage, Betsy, in the role of Alice, turned to face the audience. Not everyone celebrates Thanksgiving in this country, she said. Some Wampanoags and other Native Americans come to Plymouth Rock on Thanksgiving Day now to hold a National Day of Mourning. For them, the first Thanksgiving marked the beginning of the end of their way of life, even though their ancestors didn't know that when they welcomed the religious refugees from Europe. Stop! A voice suddenly called from one side of the auditorium. Stop this instant! This is un-American! The auditorium seemed to freeze. This is a dress rehearsal. On stage, this is a dress rehearsal by an eight-year-old. On stage, Betsy stood with her mouth open. Some of the other actors drew closer together as if they were afraid, because they're (laughs) Uh eight-year-olds. Bright red flooded Miss Garcia's cheeks, and Abby's, too. She had been prompting Betsy. Un-American, the voice repeated, and a third-grade teacher marched forward and up onto the stage. The spell was broken. Enthusiastic shouts and applause came from the adults in the auditorium. By now, the children looked scared and confused. Third, <laughs> third graders, sir, <laughs> sir, sir.
1: These are seven-year-olds you're yelling at, you
0: fucking maniac. Like, like even if you're right, which you're not, like random parent.
1: <laughs> yeah, random like third grade teacher. These
0: fucking kids don't know. They're just like saying
1: their lines from a play. Can I tell you a story about a time a third grade teacher assaulted me? Y- yes. When I was in sixth grade, I was with a class and we were lined up near the computer lab. We were, like, going on, like, an inner school trip together, like, from our classroom to the library or something. And I, we were all lined up in the hallway waiting for the teacher to, like, collect us all. And we were lined up in front of the computer lab, and the computer lab had these big windows that were one-sided mirrors. So on the inside, you could look out in the hallway, but in the hallway, it was just a mirror. And I was a goofball, and I was goofing off with my friends, and I was making faces and doing rude gestures at the mirror. Yeah. And this fucking, like, second or third grade teacher stormed out of the computer lab and grabbed my arm and, like, sh- like wrestled me to the ground and started <laughs> screaming at me about distracting his class. Oh, fuck. And I went right to the principal's office. Like, <laughs> like a nerd? B- like bawling. Oh. <laughs> and got this dude in so much fucking trouble. <laughs> fuck you, Mr. Carpenter. Wow. He'll you
0: rotten hell. And now you're calling him out. On a moderately successful podcast? Go to hell, Mr. Carpenter. He, he's probably still trying to enlighten young minds.
1: No, he's probably, like, interrupting, like, woke Thanksgiving Day parades somewhere.
0: <laughs> Just telling, like, third graders they're un-American. Yeah. I once, during an announcement, when I was in third grade, during an announcement in the cafeteria um, that we were going to have recess canceled because everybody was being bad, mouthed the words, fuck off to the teacher that's uh, so badass who immediately you were seven uh, yeah immediately walked down the aisle and grabbed my arm and pulled me onto the stage and whispered in my ear really loud i can lip read that was like. Did rubbery... you um?
1: Did you feign that you were like saying something else? Like,
0: yeah, I spent so I just sat there on the on the fucking stage waiting for her to finish the announcement and trying to figure out things what? that had the same mouth movements. Fuck. As so do it. Fuck lift off. your mouth up a little, little bit. So, so I'll tell you what I told her. I said. Okay. So the, uh, I'm going to show you. Fuck off. Yeah, and don't say it though. I need to. And what I okay. Okay. This is not good audio. Uh, and what I told her I said was, darn it. <laughs> darn it. Okay, so let me do this. What did I just say? Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> They're not similar. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was like, what are you going to do? It was my word against her. She let me go. Also, I was a fucking <laughs> badass in third grade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Also, like this fucking book, I uh, refused to stand for the national... An- I was such a little shit. I refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance in third Were grade. Were you here in America? Yeah.
1: Is it just because you were like, like patriotic British?
0: British. I was men? like, I'm not, a, I am not American. I'm not going to pledge allegiance to your fucking flag. And I got in... You are now heaps of trouble. You're American now. Well, not once they hear this. Will you stand for the Pledge of Allegiance right now? We don't have a flag in here. I will not, sir. <laughs> um, let's talk about this. Good news, a test, and you passed. <laughs> so what the fuck, man? What's up with these teachers? What's up with like these? Like half of the teachers are against the play.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, Miss Garcia is a little bit of a, a button pusher. She wasn't great. She was fucking excellent. What do you mean? She didn't. I didn't feel that she stood up enough for the kids. Like, no, no. She was teaching the kids a valuable lesson.
0: The only appropriate, she was making them stand up for themselves. She made them stand up for themselves. The appropriate thing to do in these circumstances, and I know this now because I am a parent of a young child, is burn the fucking school down. Yeah. Well and that was Abby. Abby's like Abby
1: was enraged. She was awesome. She was ready to burn that fucking school down. Yeah. Anyway, Miss
0: Garcia, she's cool as hell. You don't like her. She's fine. I, I'm just like deeply disappointed and troubled by the like now that I've woken up. Yeah. If you had asked me two weeks ago, if you if you had asked me like, Hey, um the the kids at Stony Brook elementary are going to put on a un-american play that's against yeah. american values and against right. uncle sam uh should they be hauled off to jail i would have been they're, like yeah they're gonna fuck, take the yeah. stars
1: and the bars and they're gonna wipe yeah. their ass with it
0: yeah i would have been like throw them in jail right? right throw them in the in the like throw them in, in guantanamo the, bay the, in the darkest basement you can find lock the fucking door and throw the keys away right um, but after reading this book, I you're woken up. I woke up, man. Fuck that. They they're fucking kids, and they have a right. To, and th- there's an objective truth about how Thanksgiving went down. Like some baby motherfuckers nation. like make cranberry sauce. Children are sauce. fucking future. Yeah, children are the future, baby nation. And this is this is why we do this podcast. Not we enough teach people. Children. I think not enough. I think it's because think not swear enough swear too much for children. It's that not enough people know that children are the future. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I've always thought it was why we we're doing it. You gotta wake them up, man. You gotta wake these fucking children. Actually, don't wake the children up. As a parent of a newborn, let yeah. those fuckers sleep.
1: Okay. <laughs> take tip. it.
0: Take it when you can get it. Claudia describes Stacy in a weird way this week. Tanner.
1: Stacy was being such a dingleberry this week.
0: You know who's not woke. Who? Stacy McGill. No, she's not. Let me read to you, and we've talked about what I like to call replacey, uh-huh. which for New Baby Bees is the idea that, well, the idea, the, the justified truth from the text that Stacy at some point has been replaced. By something. By something. Let me read to you Claudia's description of Stacy this week. Okay. Two seconds later, Stacy McGill came cruising into view. Stacy is my best friend and a fellow BSC member. She's from New York City. This is something you would know the second moment you saw her. During the first moment, you would just stare because Stacy is off the scale gorgeous with her long blonde hair and deep blue eyes and elegant bones. <laughs> elegant bones? E- elegant bones.
1: Wow. All right, Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs>
0: But I don't think that's Claudia. I think like Claudia is under some kind of spell. It's like normally when you see someone and like their bones are showing, you would yeah. be like, you would be like, oh, call the police. But yeah. like <laughs> Claudia, she's is under like, Replace's thrall. Yeah, and so she's yeah. like, oh man, she's got such beautiful hair, uh, and it's, it's funny because she's always talking about New York, and like her bones are really elegant and polished yeah. to perfection. <laughs>
1: I love the way they look.
0: Yeah, they shine when the sun gleams them. on them. <laughs> yeah. So
1: is everyone under this thrall? Maybe the protests were about a uh, living abomination skeleton <laughs> monster teaching th- third graders about the truth about Thanksgiving. The first Thanksgiving.
0: I mean, to be fair, that is un-American. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jack. Yeah. Before I say anything else. Yeah. I'm going to go grab a beer. Okay, fine. All right. Seltzer and wine oh, But two things never taste so good So good, so good Say hello to your friends Babysitter's Club Thank you um,
0: Nothing's better than friends Babysitter's Club Thank you Her elegant bones um, <laughs> <laughs> um, You know who else had some fucking elegant bones this week, Tanner? Who? There's a brief, a very brief, but mouth-watering appearance of John Pike. This oh, week. was there?
1: I didn't even catch it. Mr. Pike, it's very I was brief. wondering why I was feeling so horny halfway
0: through the book. <laughs> you got to pay attention, because if you yeah. don't pay attention, it just washes over you, and you're like, why am I so horny <laughs> right now? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, am I hard as a rock? Why? <laughs> Why is that? I'm uncomfortable in my pants. Did I miss a John Pike mention? <laughs> I don't know. I'm up Mr. against a deadline. <laughs> Mr. Pike came into the kitchen holding an enormous roasting pan with a huge tinfoil hump in the middle. <laughs> a lot of sexy language in that passage, Nola. Yeah, I'd be interested in a huge tinfoil hump if it's an coming enormous from hump. John Pike's direction. <laughs> baby nation john pike mallory pike's father is very handsome he's a specimen he's a specimen and we don't get we don't get a lot so we have to work with what we get we, <laughs> we got a brief mention of mr pike and it was a tantalizing <laughs> yeah
1: oh, wake up america he's oh wow i starting trying to get to my head a little bit yeah
0: let's see janine is funny no, she's not. Next. Um. <laughs> Janine is fucking killing it this week. Did you catch the Janine uh, the Janine moment this week? Was it the thing with the knives? No, it was uh, the thing with the puns. I didn't catch it. Janine is fucking hilarious. Janine's not hilarious. Uh, let me read you the passage your where judgment Janine is clouded by your. Janine Kishi. Nerd, just nerdiness. fucking walks onto the stage and like devastates everybody. Pass the milk, please, said my older sister, Janine. Why? Is it failing? I asked. I cracked up. My mother shook her head. Do you get the joke, Tanner, before I move get on? It. I, get, I get Claudia's joke. Uh, it doesn't really scan if you think about it, because if the milk were a student in a class and it were failing, why would you pass it? You would fail it. Anyway. Pass the milk, please, said my older sister, Janine. Why is it failing? I asked. I cracked up. My mother shook her head. My father made a face. Janine just looked at me. It's a pun, I explained. It's we not. know, said my mother. She smiled a bit. As a humorous application of a word designed to play on two of its meanings, it was somewhat funny, said Janine. Now, may I please have the milk? That's killing and that's
1: you think Janine is, is just kind of the razor's edge of wit on the point. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's got the exact definition of a pun right yeah. there. Yeah. She doesn't even I need almost, to reach I for tried it. to
1: argue, but then yeah. she came in and she was like, "Nope, here's the
0: definition of a pun." I was like, "Yeah, now, this, I'm fucking wrong." F- fucking give me the fucking milk, Claudia. I'm a fucking like sixteen year old genius, and I don't need. I don't have any time for your fucking bullshit. Well, I need. Genius, I need the milk that, to sustain my massive brain, so I can go to fucking Stony Brook Community College five years before anybody else and work on complicated mathematics. But it's not even that nice of a community college. Well, it's good enough for Janine. The Janine, the Janinius, the Janinius. I'm glad that's finally caught on. And it just took 94 books. <laughs> and by caught on, I mean you acknowledge it.
1: Can I? Can I be? Can I play Janinius a little bit myself? Yeah. I mean, you can try. Marianne's maternal grandparents, who lived on a farm in Iowa, had raised her from when her mother died until she was 18 months old. There had been a custody dispute when her father had wanted her back, but it had been settled without too much of a fuss, I think. Marianne's last visit to her grandmother had been a big success, and she'd been looking forward to seeing her grandmother again, especially since Dawn wasn't going to be around for Thanksgiving. Bad news, said Christie sympathetically. Marianne said, the worst. She can't get a non-stop flight. The only flight available had a million-hour layover in Atlanta. Can you believe it? No, Marianne, I can't. Do you know why a million-hour layover
0: would be 114 years, idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking real. <Hell. laughs> wow. So, are you saying that you think Marianne was wrong, or that her mother is capable of living a 100- hundred and fourteen years? That's grandmother. Very long. Grandmother her mother is deceased. Her grandmother. Her grandmother presumably is already in her
1: what seventies? Yeah. So to live to be. 100 and let's say 90 a lot of people in the bible did it yeah and this is these are these are similarly fantastic books Mm -hmm. to the bible yeah um so maybe maybe miraculous miraculous yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. similarly miraculous books to the bible so maybe maybe people can live to be 190 but i doubt it i think marianne was just talking out her ass Um, get real marianne
0: wake up wake up sheeple wake up do you want to what do you want to talk about you want to talk about hermeneutics you want to talk about um this I crazy... never want
1: to talk about hermeneutics you always ask and I never do
0: we often do though I want to talk about hermeneutism. you do you do hermeneutics her, her, hermeneutics there's a lot of like postmodern shit that's going on in this book uh, everybody don't what excuse me I don't want to talk about it you don't want to talk about it no well um sounds boring. Fine. It sounds what, boorish. Fine. What do you want to talk about? This is a book that is a, literally about the process of interpretation and how we interpret different texts and the hermeneutic cycle, which we've talked about before on this podcast. Now let's talk about that instead
1: of hermeneutics. Let's talk about interpretation and how this book can be interpreted.
0: That is what it that hermeneutics is, and you fucking know it. What's your take? What's your hot take? That's my hot take. This is a book about like, like you have these like rigid ways of viewing like. A cultural artifact like Thanksgiving that is represented by these one dimensional parents of Stony Brook and Claudia and Miss Garcia and Betsy Sobek woke us up. And Rick Chow. And Rick fucking Chow woke us up to different levels and layers of interpretation and how you can take your particular interpretation of a text and bring that interpretation to bear on the the text itself and create this wonderful hermeneutic cycle where you learn more and more about the meaning of the text. In this case, they Thanksgiving? I learned so much about Thanksgiving in this fucking book that I don't even know what Thanksgiving is anymore. Well, and you're British, so it's like you barely knew what it was to begin with. I'm a British vegan. Yeah. Thanksgiving already, I already had a v- pretty tenuous grasp on Thanksgiving as a British vegan. Right. And now it just must be like,
1: now you don't know what to believe.
0: Now I don't know what
1: to believe. All these lies you've been fed since you were a boy. Yeah. Well, you've got you've got Betsy SoBack and... Or no, not Betsy Sobeck.
0: That's the mean girl, right? Betsy Sobeck plays this character called Alice. We haven't talked much about the play that Claudia wrote. Claudia wrote this play that is about a young woman named Alice who travels through time. Yeah. And she travels to the first Thanksgiving and learns that all is not as she has been taught. In fact... Uh, everybody was pretty misogynistic, and things didn't necessarily go that great for the Native Americans and any number of things that are left out of the narrative that Alice had been taught. Um, and Alice is played by this loki like trickster, the great prankster, Betsy Soback.
1: Oh, right. Betsy Soback is the girl who mangled Claudia right, right. She, um, she, Betsy Soback plays Alice to a point right. But then the curmudgeonly Mister Soback pitches a fit. No, no, no.
0: Betsy Soback is pulled from the role because the parents of Stony Brook don't want to wake up to the realities of Thanksgiving. And she's
1: she's she's
0: relegated to like a background and extra. So they make her play a pilgrim, right? Because she had previously, I th- well, because the whole Alice narrative, like that level of interpretation, uh, was too much for. The regressive, oh, Jesus! I hope that you covered that noise up with an angelic choir or a harp, because it was deeply unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just dripping snot.
1: Yeah, yeah let me blow it. Real quick. Okay,
0: great. Ah, yes. oh, fucking hell! That's right in my fucking ears. It yeah, picking it's up? picking up. I have titter. I have strapped to uh, my head a pair of very expensive, uh, I spent literally all of Cyril's oh, college God, fund so on snot and snot and th- like these headphones, headphones, which pick up every yeah, little fucking, yes, the, yeah, dude, it was picking up.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Santa's is just so packed with snot.
0: Great. Uh, um, you
1: were saying, Betsy's so back.
0: I was answering something. You had asked me something about Betsy Sobeck, and I was answering it. And then you literally blew fucking snot into my ears for two minutes. And then as I was explaining to you how badly it was picking up, you just kept saying, Jack, are picking up? Jack, is it picking up? <laughs> my ears are awfully stuffed up, too. Awesome. Did you notice, Tater, the room that uh, Claudia Kishi went to, that made a big deal out of where she was going to be rehearsing the play this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Room 226. Room 226. It comes up a lot in this text. Anna and Nola really fucking hammer it home. Is that the? uh, Is
1: there some significance to the the number? They do mention it about five times.
0: Yeah. Well, we've had we previously had the room two one six, which appears in the novel Logan Likes Marianne, which is the first introduction of Logan Bruno uh, into these texts right down the hallway. Um, and two one six, as we know, um, is thought of as being a satanic number in many ways. Uh huh. This is 226. And the only thing I could find, I, they just kept they just kept bringing it up. Here's the one reference that I have to hand. Claudia Kishi, room 226. 226? Two, two, six, I repeated. Yes, Claudia 226. Miss Boyden nodded and smiled at me. I flipped open my notebook with my purple pen. Mm-hmm. I wrote room 226 in big letters on my calendar for Monday. Okay, Anne. Okay, Nola.
1: <laughs> got it, Anne. Got it, Nola.
0: We fucking got it. What I have is the following. Tanner Timothy 2, 26. Timothy? Pun- Timothy. Is that even a book of the Bible? Yeah. Timothy? You're just making up books now? I'm not making up books now. Timothy? Timothy. Okay. Is it from like the Dead the Bible. Sea Scrolls? No. Opponents must be gently instructed. Latter-day Saints?
1: No. It's from the proper Bible. Yeah. Huh. Timothy. Yes. Go figure.
0: Now you know. Um. Saint Timothy. What's
1: he a saint? What? Well, how did he earn his sainthood?
0: Um. I would have to look that up. He drive the the
1: rats from Wales or something.
0: He is venerated as an apostle and a saint and a martyr by the Eastern Orthodox Church. Okay. Um. Oh. Wait, why are we talking about it? We don't. It
1: doesn't matter. I want to know why he's a saint. I want to know if this guy has, if I should trust this guy's book. It's in the fucking Bible. I've never heard of the book of Timothy. You kidding
0: Um, me? Do you want to hear the quote? Short book. Yeah, it's
1: Timothy was sainted for. Okay, fine. All our places, and <laughs> And I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> thing is, gonna, and then, and then the is it takes forever and he won't find a good
0: answer cuz he's bad at googling <laughs> fuck you i'm not th- fuck you you spend your whole life doing this shit and also i'm not you're making me do this i don't even want to bad at googling
1: bad at googling wow this is a Apparently I asked you a million dollar question. Yeah, why does Anne not want us to know? Siri, what was St. Saint Timothy sainted for?
0: Okay, I found this on the web for what was St. Timothy <laughs> <laughs> He's the patron invoked against stomach and intestinal disorders. Just
1: read the passage, you fucking dingleberry. <laughs> well, now everybody's going to be wondering wh- wh- how he... I know, what? me too. Venerated, idiot. That's the word I was looking for. Ah, oh, Jesus.
0: He was martyred under the Roman Emperor Nerva. One legend asserts that he was clubbed to death by a mob for protesting against the orgiastic worship of the goddess Artemis. Are you fucking happy now that you know that? Yes. This yes. poor fucking dude was like, hey, dudes, like, stop stop fucking so much. And then they beat him to death with clubs. I'm not cool, I'm not cool with your orgies. Yeah. It actually sounds like he was not very sexually progressive. Yeah, it sounds like he wasn't that cool. But yeah. that's no reason, and this is why we do this podcast, is to that is no reason to club somebody. No, there's literally no excuse for clubbing someone to death.
1: Not even if they're, like, trying to harsh your fucking orgy vibes.
0: Yeah, it sounds like he was 90s. Oh, no, uh, he died in eighty ninety seven. Hey, Tanner, can I read you this fucking passage for the love of Christ? Sure, man. opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that god will grant them repentance leading them to a knowledge of the truth
1: sorry go back i
0: don't know what the context was room 226 timothy 226 got it okay so i went back for you not for the baby nation who have been like desperately waiting for me orgy denier 226 it's the name of the fucking room where claudia rehearses this play orgy ruiner saint timothy well, don't malign a saint. Orgy narc. You're literally maligning a saint. Well, he's it, an orgy it does, narc. it does sound like he narked on some orgies, and that's not cool, baby nation. <laughs> that's listen, two th- two these two things can both exist as truths, and I feel like we owe it to our audience to tell them this. These two things are true. One, it's not cool to nark on an orgy. No, no. Let people, that, let people do their thing. Let people do their fucking orgy. If you're not into it, don't go. Don't go. And that's fine. Don't fucking go. Right. But you also don't want to fucking narc on their orgy. It's right. th- these things are very but, difficult to organize. But, but very orgy. difficult to organize. They're already o- probably pretty awkward. And if you if got a you're narc practicing in the an mix, orgy,
1: yeah, hard. butt, if you're practicing an orgy, yeah, do not dedicate it to the Greek goddess Artemis. Uh, Artemis, uh, yeah, yeah, because that is um, a sin. Okay. You're worshiping false idols.
0: Well, see now you're narking on orgies. No, I'm not narking on orgies. I want everyone
1: to go have an orgy tonight. Just don't, <laughs> don't, don't do it in in praise of false idols. You're being a real Timothy right now. I can't uh, believe you don't fucking see this. I think everyone should have an orgy. I think you should be clubbed to death. Oh, Jack, we just got done saying no one should be <laughs> clubbed to death for any reason. We didn't because you didn't let me get there.
0: Okay. And two, don't club people to death even if they nark on your orgy, man. It's just it's not worth it like right. they they're aggressive they don't share your values and it sucks to be a narc but it sucks to get clubbed to death too it's try to see both sides can i read the fucking passage please opponents this is timothy two twenty six. 26 okay. opponents must be gently gently tanner Instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will.
1: It reminds me of uh, a quote from a founding father, Jack. Does it? Yeah. That founding father's name? Timothy. Close. Thomas. Thomas. Okay. Jefferson. Yeah. The price of freedom
0: is eternal vigilance. Okay. Read yours again opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that god will grant them repentance leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will
1: yeah i think these are the same quote the price of freedom is eternal vigilance
0: this comes up a lot in this book the price of freedom is eternal vigilance yeah it's saying you gotta be if
1: if you wanna uh i'm trying to think of a clever rhyme if you want to be wise gotta open your eyes Pretty good, actually.
0: Yeah, you're welcome.
1: And is that what Timothy two two six is saying? No, it's saying it's open to interpretation, like all of the Bible, baby. You got you got open to interpretation.
0: You got to be aware of the knowledge of the truth, or the fucking devil is going to trap you. But just like happened in this fucking book, Tanner, the fucking devil in the hearts and the minds of the parents of SMS. But they I think
1: the parents of SMS Claudia not is just play, trying to contemplate devil's truth.
0: advocate, but I think the parents of
1: SMS would say that they're the the ones who can see the truth. Well, it is un-American.
0: Right. And that, yeah, and I,
1: that Claudia and all these and her 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 cabal of third graders, <laughs> third graders <laughs> yeah. are the ones who are like spouting these anti American lies. I can see both sides. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> Wake up, people. Wake up, sheeple. Wake up. I want to get back to Rick Chow for a second. Okay, why don't you tell people who he is while we're talking about these freedom fighters? Rick Chow is a boy who's in um, the short takes class with Claudia and the girls. He's cool as hell, he's the coolest boy um he's my new favorite boy i haven't heard from pete in weeks so i gotta latch on i haven't heard from pete black or carlos mendez in fucking weeks so i'm i'm just looking for any kind of positive male role model to attach to and who i found this week
0: was rick chow yeah he's uh he's the age he's Claud in claudia's grade yeah at i school. said this yeah said this
1: walking to the center stage front Tyson made a big speech introducing the play. Behind him, another third grader walked across the stage holding the Mayflower poster to show the ship sailing across the sea of blue sheets and blue and white streamers. How did it go up front? I asked Rick. He'd been helping the third grade ushers who were handing out programs and escorting people to their seats. Did the words outrage and disgrace mean anything to you? Asked Rick Riley. They weren't happy about the censored treatment, I guess. Nope. It was too late for them to do anything more than complain. At least half a dozen of them asked who was responsible for this. I told them they could find our names in the back of the
0: programs. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, fuck yeah, Rick Chow.
0: Yeah, look in the back of the programs. We're not afraid to sign our names to this shit. Wake the fuck up. Abby Stevenson, Claudia Kishi, Rick Chow. Ah, uh, Fight the power. Fight the power. Tanner, did you this week have a... Strike against the patriarchy. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Of course I did. <laughs> yeah, me too.
1: Um, I feel like this is going to be... Abby Stevenson is going to make now make this a fairly regular segment.
0: Hell yeah. Um, and thank God we have prepared the way for Abby by creating the segment in previous books, though maybe we haven't visited it in some time. Not in some time, no. Um, but every now and then, someone in Stony Brook strikes a blow against the patriarchy uh, let me let me hear there yours. were there are a few here's mine it's uh our old friend betsy soback breaker of claudia's leg limb pranker render. of pranks the limb renderer yeah the prankster the trickster god betsy soback despite their differences the pilgrims both saints and strangers had decided to stick together when they had, had at last landed at plymouth They'd even drawn up an agreement called the Mayflower Compact. All the saints and strangers had voted on it and signed it. Except, of course, the women and children. Why didn't they sign it? Asked Alice, who is the character that Betsy Sobek is playing in this play. Uh. Well, of course, they can't vote, said Remember, uh, which is the character that some boy is playing in this play. Looking surprised. Why can't the women vote? Women are the property of men, said Remember women have no legal rights they have to do what the men say they do not vote that's stupid protested betsy forgetting her character betsy said abby warningly well it is said betsy (laughs) truer words were never spoke it is betsy it is betsy so back it is
1: stupid wake the fuck up um here's mine okay So, mine requires a little context. The parents of Stony Brook complain about this third grade production of Alice and the First Thanksgiving, and they say that it's un American and they demand it be censored. Yeah. And Mrs. Garcia gives, Miss Garcia gives the class the choice. You can either censor your play, or you can not put it on in protest. And Claudia and Abby come up with this scheme to put on the play under duress so they put on the play and they do it but they they slap the word censored over everything and they make it clear that they're doing it against their wills and and to make this obvious we'd made posters and given them to the third graders to put up at ses i'd kept the designs of the posters simple just a black and white silhouette of the mayflower with block style printing about the play the word censored in big red letters would show up very well against it During one BSC meeting, we had made buttons while we answered the phones. We came up with some pretty good slogans. The price of freedom of speech is eternal vigilance was one. Native Americans are the real Thanksgiving was another. Thanksgiving then, Thanksgiving now. Where are the women? That
0: was Abby's. (laughs) Good. Good. Fucking good, Abby. Yeah. Where are the fucking women? What's wrong with this picture? Ugh, that's very good. It's it's maybe a little long to put on like a button. Thanksgiving, well,
1: Thanksgiving is already a f- uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, three syllable word.
0: Yeah, Thanksgiving then Thanksgiving now. Where are the m women? dash? Where are, think, are the women? Yeah, you can you can cut a character out of it by making that m dash and n dash.
1: Also, were were the pilgrims against freedom of speech? Narrow-minded, racist, sexist, <laughs> censored. Who pl- whose play is this anyway?
0: I love the, what the fucking... The truth uh,
1: about Thanksgiving has been canceled by the parents
0: and teachers of SES. Here's a true fact, Tanner. Yeah. About your old friend, Uncle Jacko. Yeah. In the ninth grade, there were some kids in my class who got busted for selling what they thought was pot, uh-huh. but it was actually... Say it right. It was Say actually... It like an American. What? Oregano. No, it was actually tea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And so as the columnist for the school newspaper, I wrote a column called Lipton or Earl Grey (laughs) that was just making fun of these losers who couldn't tell the difference between uh, tea and pot. And it was censored by the principal of our school. For what? For what reason? Uh, Because it was like, I think it was pretty big deal that these kids had got like suspended for like selling drugs and it wasn't a laughing matter well they didn't sell drugs they sold tea (laughs) i think i probably like wrote some like hilarious like comedy about drug-free school zones as well it wasn't it wasn't like
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's uh, very good
0: it was some hot takes but so i pulled my column and turned in a column that was just totally censored Nice. It was just all black bars. Just all bars. black bars? Yeah. Fucking rad. You're like a yeah. regular
1: Rick Cho over here. Yeah,
0: r- fucking Rick Chow. Hot stuff. Hot stuff,
1: baby nation.
0: That's me. What were we um, talking about? While we're talking about Abby, because yeah.
1: we mentioned Abby quite a bit there, mm-hmm. did you this week have a...
0: Abby's tight 20. Abby's tight 20. Bop, 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 bop. No, I didn't catch one this week. Uh, I can tell the Baby Nation what it is. Abby is an aspiring comedian, uh, and every week it seems like she's working on her uh, tight 20 minutes of comedy. And this week it seems like uh, she actually did some.
1: I think this lunch is from the first Thanksgiving, said Christy. She eyed her lunch tray disapprovingly. I'm pretty sure green jello wasn't on the menu, said Stacy. No, but I think it was on the Mayflower, cracked Abby. As glue (laughs) to hold the ship together. (laughs)
0: it's a it's a a tight 20 about the forgotten 90s band green jello who had the song three little pigs wow so forgotten that no one literally no one who's listening to this podcast knows what you're talking about. do you know what i'm talking about absolutely not wait really absolutely not they're originally green jello but they got sued by jello uh-huh. and had to change their name to Green Jelly. And they had a massive God, I thought you were going to say Green Day. That would be so much better. Massively popular song called Three Little Pigs. Look it up. Tanner, let me tell you why I did not capture that tight 20 okay. from Abby. Because okay. it was this week. My... third <gasps> <gasps> of the Week! My burn on the school lunches. <laughs> um, it was, uh, it was a, a classic burn by Abby Stevenson on the school lunch ladies who get paid minimum wage and work overtime to provide nutritious sustenance uh, for this daughter of a millionaire, Christy Thomas, and her uh-huh. rich friends. Very, right. very funny. Very good. Very good. <laughs> oh, did I tell you, Tanner? I woke the fuck up this week.
1: <laughs> uh, I could tell. Yeah, (laughs) it's not Christie's fault that Watson's a millionaire. <laughs> um did you have a burn of the week this week um i did i should explain baby nation because we haven't really hit it that the b plot was that christy schemed so everyone was going to leave for thanksgiving and go back to their various places abby was going to go to long island stacy to new york jesse to oakley new jersey and all of their plans fall through and surprise surprise don schaefer makes an appearance at the end of oh, the book yeah. meeting of the all lines. of the babysitters are together again including abby and they all have thanksgiving dinner at Christie's house 37 people our guest list looked like this me janine oh sorry this is from claudia's pov obviously it's a claudia book although it literally could have been you could have put any any babysitter in the title role it didn't make any difference i guess it was one of those books
0: it's one of those books it's a it's about art right they're making an art they make an uh,
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Although you could have put Mal in there too. It you was could have put Mal in there kids. and it
0: would have made more sense. It wasn't a Thanksgiving mural. Or, or Jesse because like they were doing like a stage production. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you.
1: <laughs> Our guest lists look like this Me, Janine, my mom, and dad. Christy, her mom, her stepfather, Nani, Charlie, Sam, David, Michael, and Emily, Michelle. Abby, Anna, and their mom. Jesse, Becca, Squirt, Mr. Ramsey, Mrs. Ramsey, and Aunt Cecilia, Stacy and her mom, Marianne, her dad, and her stepmom, Mallory, her mom, her dad, Byron, Adam, Jordan, Vanessa, Nikki, Margot, and Claire. We had invited 36 people to Thanksgiving dinner at Christie's house, and 36 people accepted, including ourselves, of course, not including the ghost of Ben Brewer. <laughs> Fuck you, Ben Brewer. Burn on you. <laughs>
0: That's your part of the week. Fuck you, dumb ghost. You stay up on the third floor, asshole. I guess also Ben Brewer wasn't invited. Like you leave a seat you leave a seat at the table for Ben Brewer.
1: No, and they didn't. They chose not to. They say you stay up on the third floor. I mean I'm
0: sure Watson very like
1: begrudgingly brought a plate of like turkey and mashed potatoes up to the like landing
0: of the third floor for him. I fucking hope so, because they're gonna pay for it if they don't. Here you are, grandfather. (laughs) I'm sorry you've become a figure of fun in my family. (laughs) Why does Watson have a British accent? He's from England. Oh, right. Yeah. It's never been established that he's not. Baby Nation, if you don't know this, we are going to interrupt this episode for a PSA. And it's a little late uh, because of our recording schedule and because Anne hates us. Uh, It's now by your calendars at least three to four weeks after thanksgiving (laughs) yeah over a month past thanksgiving but if you don't leave an empty seat at your thanksgiving table for the ghost of ben brewer right you will pay for it right no he'll he'll come for you in seven days he will come for you in seven days Right, That is established lore. So, I, you know, anyway, here's hoping that you did do that, and here's apologizing that we haven't given you this warning a little bit Well, early. they're dead. Anyone who
1: didn't is long dead. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody was who's listening
0: ago. did it, and so we can all right. laugh. And if you are listening, like, make sure to do it again next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good reminder. Um, speaking of which, uh, while we're talking about that, Tanner... We brought this up a few episodes back. There's a woman named Drusilla Destiny who didn't appear in this book, uh, right. but she but her presence uh, is always felt. Presence is felt. She's the granddaughter of Morbid Destiny, who's the witch that lives next door to right. Christy Thomas. Is it possible that if you read or learn about her, that she will come for you? Are seven you asking books? Later? Are you asking from experience? No, I'm just asking. It occurred to me. Have you
1: seen warped young girls around Austin, Texas? Um, sort of yes. pursuing you? No. Just, just outside of your, your cone of vision?
0: Not that I know of, but I'm not paying a ton of attention. I guess my question is, when when, did you, when was she, she introduced? Was it in the in the novel, Christy and the Dirty Diapers? That was and her it, first introduction. It was in Christy and the Dirty Diapers. It occurs to me that seven books from her introduction, she will come for us, Right. I haven't seen um, The Ring.
1: What? What's the, do you know the book in question? Where she arrived. Where she will arrive for us to claim us.
0: Uh, let's have a look. Um so, claim
1: us and the rest of Baby Nation, because I assume that they're now privy to this information, and therefore, like... She
0: shows up in the novel, *Christine the Dirty Diapers, which is book, it's book number 89. So book number 96 is when she's going to come for us. Okay. And Baby Nation, book, book number 96, she's going to come for all of us. Yeah, she's going to come Regardless for all of, of us. Regardless of
1: when you listen to this, Yeah, if you continue to listen after Christine the Dirty Diapers...
0: uh, It's called Abby's Lucky 13. Okay,
1: it's troubling.
0: Yeah, because 13 is traditionally not... It's an unlucky number. It's I a... think Anne's having fun with that concept there in the headline. Yeah, and it's... Or in the title. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture on this book, and it's Abby and another woman who looks... Uncannily like Abby, she's kind of stalking her. They look exactly like each other, and they're both holding a candle. They're each they're each holding a candle, and the candle maybe has they're formed. doing some kind of seance. It has formed into a single flame, uh, huh. and behind them, on in the background, are a number of purple um, orbs. Uh-huh. And it says Hodges, who's the Babysitters Club art director, has written, "Whoever said thirteen wasn't lucky." Uh, he didn't write it in that voice, but that's how I'm reading it. No, it's it. implied um, on the front of it. So that's
1: when. So I guess that's the ceremony you do to avoid being having your like jaw ripped off by. Okay. Okay. And I think I think Jack. Yeah. As partners in this journey together, mm-hmm. you and I are going to have to sh- somehow find a way to get together to perform this ceremony. You hold two cabin- candles together. Right. With a single flame. Yeah. And you surround yourselves with the protective force of purple orbs okay
0: good well we've got and baby we've got nation book, if you listen my... to that
1: episode christian yeah. and the dirty diapers find
0: a partner and do this yeah do this thing please do this podcast is about first and foremost it's about truth right but second rick chow and hindmost it's about keeping you safe it's about safety Did you say and, hindmost yeah it's funny well it's not funny it's the opposite of like, foremost hind. no it's not funny it's the opposite of foremost for and hind yeah <laughs> Why are you laughing? Hindmost. <laughs> That's not funny. It's like, but. It's. <laughs> Jack.
1: <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, man, I'm plum out of notes this week. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah.
0: Um, should we get the fuck out of here? I think so. Okay.
1: Tanner. Um Now, just real quick. Nation. You're going to book a ticket to New York for the ceremony, yeah? Yeah, we
0: can't do it over the fucking okay. camera.
1: Yeah, and you have more friends here than I have there, so it makes more sense for you to come here.
0: Okay. Okay. All right, we'll do and we'll do it before we're both going to remember, right?
1: Yeah, we'll take it out of the slush fund.
0: Okay. Baby Nation, Tanner and I are likely to be eviscerated and brutally murdered by the vengeful spirit of Drusilla Destiny in by my calculations 4 weeks time. Prior to that moment, it is my last wish that you Give us a nice review and rating on iTunes. Tanner, do you have a last wish?
1: My wish, Jack, is that you Mm -hmm. go skydiving. Mm -mm. You go Rocky Mountain climbing. Jack, you go 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. Jack, you love deeper and you speak sweeter and you give forgiveness like you would die Said someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. You're done? Like tomorrow was a gift, and you got eternity to figure out what you're doing. Okay, with stop it. it.
0: Stop it. Knock it off. Now what would you do? Knock me? it off. Knock it off. You had an opportunity to ask them for a favor, and the favor you asked was you singing the song, which I don't grant. Baby Nation, please do write us a nice review on iTunes, uh, even if we don't deserve it. This week, Baby Nation, we read a book that was called Claudia and the First Thanksgiving. Next week, we're going to be reading a book, and Tanner... You sure, is, Jack? You want to double-check your, your facts on this one? Don't you fucking dare. We I, we I I fucking expiated those demons. Next week, Baby Nation, we're going to be reading a timely book called mallory's christmas wish (laughs) just in time for 2018 isn't it perfect for like january 9th you guys will all be uh, (laughs) still still in the christmas spirit right in the christmas spirit (laughs) perfect mallory's christmas wish this week baby nation it will not surprise you to hear that i have been and i can now reveal the great the only the favorite Babysitter's Club scholar, critic and expert of all of America, the newly woken up Jack Alexander Shepherd. Um, I'm Tanner Greenring.
1: Actually, you know what, Jack? Baby B. <laughs> Great.
0: I hope you bleep out that fucking sniffle. I won't. It was a productive one, too. <laughs> you, got some, you got some work done? <laughs> Baby Nation, I hope you heard a harp sound or an angel voice and not what I heard because it was deeply disturbing. Uh,
1: Baby B. Rachel sent me a postcard uh, calling me out of my bullshit saying that when I claim that I am Tanner Greenring, uh, that I am, always have been, and always will be Babysitter's Club expert Tanner Greenring, that I was full of shit because on the cover of our book, my name is listed as Tanner Ringarood, which was my premium. Oh!
0: Film.
1: So, um, so, Baby Nation, I am now, once was Tanner Ringarood, and always will be Tanner Greenring.
0: Wow. Wow. Fucking hell. I'm glad somebody else is out there to fucking call you on your bullshit, Tanner. You don't think I get it enough from this asshole, this- Baby Nation? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you get it enough from this asshole, Tanner. But that's all the time we have for today. And allow me to say, before we close, this week you have been Tanner Greenring or whatever you choose to be called. This week I have been Jack Shepard or whatever I choose to be called, which is and always has been Jack Shepard. Baby Nation Claudia is wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think the boys had just been invented. Great, mother, mother, do you do you like to come in and tell Tanner your Dominican, Franciscan, and Jesuit joke? Oh, okay. <laughs> this seems offensive, Jack. We're being super woke this episode. Uh, Jesuit joke? To, I want the one about the um. I want the one about the um. The lexus? No, the um. The uh, one about the Albigensians. Oh, yes. Okay, here you uh, can I you can, can sit down. Hang on. Hello. Tell Tanner. Hi, Tana. Tanner. How are you? I'm good. Why do you want to know about Dominicans and
1: Franciscans? Jack and... just Jack insisted I would want to know about it. I see. Okay. Two men considering a religious vocation were having a conversation. What is similar about the Jesuit and Dominican orders? The one asked. The second replied, "Well, they were both founded by Spaniards. Saint Dominic for the Dominicans, and Saint Ignatius of Loyola for the Jesuits." Sure. And. Yeah, obviously. They were also both founded to combat heresy. Dominicans to fight the Albigensians, (laughs) and the Jesuits to fight the Protestants. So, what is different about the Jesuit and Dominican orders? Met any
0: Albigensians lately?
1: Is that the joke?
0: Who won? Thank you,
1: Mother. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Shepherd. It was
0: a very
1: one. <laughs> you like that one? Oh, man, Barn burner.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Mother. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast.